You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. Okay, Palm Sunday. And uh, like Lexi said, I too have a lot of memories of Palm Sunday. I, you know, I've, I've been around a few years in church, and so we've done a lot of stuff at Palm Sunday. And, you know, and as she was talking about taking down those, those palm branches and waving, you know, another thing they did, and I'm glad she didn't mention this to you so that I could, uh, they also, like it said, they took off their coats. You know, maybe if they're too short, grab a palm branch or something, or maybe once palm branches are already, you know, stripped off the trees, they took off their coats also and threw them out of the way. And when, when I think of this sometimes, I think, you know, it's like they just said, oh, I, I got to do something. You know, I got to do something. So, so they did that. And... Uh, and when, when everything was all over, when, when uh, you know, Jesus went on by them, I'm sure the crowds somewhat dispersed toward the place. Where, but, you know, there probably were some conversations going on. There were some people, you know, maybe you bumped into somebody and said, oh, excuse me. And, and maybe you got to know somebody in the crowd for just a moment and you just talked, you know, when they talked. And maybe they, you know, somebody said, well, well what, why are you out here? Why, why did you want to come and, and, and celebrate Jesus? And maybe they tell their story. And say, well, you know, I had this and this and this going on in my life. I had all these problems and everything, but Jesus showed up. You know, somebody else says, you know, I I was sick and I'd been dealing with all this and all this and all this, but Jesus showed up. And you know what? That's not just the title of the sermon today. I believe in a lot of ways that's the definition of a miracle. When all of life may be going totally wrong in in a horrible way, falling apart, (laughs) right in front of your eyes, but Jesus showed up. You know, when, when nothing else could, could uh, fix it, when uh, nobody else had the answer, there's not a check, an amount you could write on a check big enough to, to fix whatever it is, that, but Jesus showed up. I mean, that's basically a miracle. And uh, I have an agenda for this service because I am tired of seeing a lot of you walking around, dealing with the issues that you're dealing with in your life. Now, uh, I'm not going to call you out to stand up and tell us all what yours are, but I want you to think about them, and I want you to decide that you're sick and tired of dealing with them too. I have an agenda. I want to see Jesus show up in your life. Whatever's going on, and I don't mean in this just this hour and 15 minutes or so that we have together right here. I mean for him to show up in your life and bring miracles. Last week, when uh, we talked about, but Jesus interrupts, and he is the interruption to our interruptions of life. He is our interruptions interruption. And, uh, and that one of the things we need to do is we need to acknowledge that Jesus does that, and we need to acknowledge all the blessings and the miracles that we have in life. And you know, you could respond to, the, to that in a, probably a couple of ways. You might have responded in kind of like, oh yeah, roll your eyes kind of way, right? Oh, okay. Pastor, you're telling me that every breath that I take, all these half a billion breaths that I take in life, every one of them is a miracle. Okay, yeah, Pastor, I get it. You know, you roll your eyes. Or you could say, thank you for the wake-up call, for the reminder that every time I breathe, I've received a blessing from God. Every time my heart beats, it's another miracle because I'm still, because I, I don't know how this works. And, and you don't either. We don't know how all this, and all these miracles that we have. Let me take you to scripture right here, okay? Uh, this is James chapter 1, verse 17. 
We're going to read a few scriptures from James this morning. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father. He created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Whatever is good and perfect, whatever is good and perfect is a gift from our Father. So, so all those things that I talked about last week and things I didn't have time to talk about, all the, all the blessings that we have, every one of them is a gift from God. It is a miracle that is bestowed upon us. And so let me take this just another step further. It's not just to recognize and appreciate those things, but let me say it this way. Is this say, let's acknowledge and appreciate God, acknowledge even the coincidences in our life. Uh, coincidences there is in, print, is in quotes because they're not really coincidences, you know. But sometimes that's what we call them, right? And let's acknowledge the fact that a lot of the things you call a coincidence wasn't a coincidence. It was God. It was Jesus. He showed up. And you, just the time that you need it. You know, I've got, I don't have time to tell you this story. I'd love to tell you this story. I don't have time to tell it to you today, okay? But I'm just, I'll just share this one thing with you, just real quick, just the end of it in a way, without telling you the story at all, really. Is my... Uh, one time, the one time in my life, I'd say my near-death experience that I was the closest to death, I meant literally, if I tell you the story, I was one second away from death, but Jesus showed up. And, there, there was, and it was just a miracle of how he showed up. I've also got a story that I've told, and if you've been around here a while, you've heard me tell about this one. And this is, this is not like, I mean, some of you are going to say, oh, well, that, you know, a little bit there, or roll your eyes again and say, okay, if you're going to count that as a miracle... But there was a time when uh, Dave and I were young in ministry, and we didn't have a lot of money. You know, don't have a lot right now. We got a lot of stuff, and we owe a lot of people for the stuff that we have, you know. But, uh, you know, but we had less money then. And uh, I was on staff at a church, and they were in revival, and I think our kids were sick. And so I had to go by myself that night, and we didn't have a lot of gas in the car. And uh, I had to get there and get back. And we were 30 minutes away from uh, the church where we served, and I had to go to work the next day. And uh, so I, did, I had enough gas to get to the service, but I, I didn't have enough gas to get home. But I had $3 in my pocket. Now, that don't sound like a lot to you, but to us, it kind of sounded like a lot because, I mean, when you don't have enough gas to get home, and that would buy you back in those days, at that time, it'd probably buy you about two and a half gallons, maybe, maybe close to three gallons worth of gas, okay? And so, and so, so uh, I'm sitting in the service and I'm receiving the offering, and I have this impression in me to, to give that $3, and I'm thinking, that can't be God because he knows I can't get home if I give this $3, you know, and, and that can't be God. Y'all ever thought that? That can't be God. But you know what? I, I, I said, okay, I got to do this. I pulled that $3 out and I put it in the plate and, and there went my $3 right down the, you know, down the pew to somebody else, you know. And after service, a little, little old lady, she was, I uh, call her a little old lady, but her age then was probably what mine is now, right? <laughs> so I'm a big old man. She's a little old lady, right? She walked up to me and she shook my hands with both hands, you know, like ladies will do sometimes. And I felt something in her hand, and she gave me $5. You know, so I went from $3 to $5. So I went from almost three gallons of gas to almost five gallons of gas. No, I didn't spend all of it on gas. I think I saved the other two for something else because times were really lean, really lean back in those days. Coincidence? No, not when God says, mm, I was impressed to do something, and she was impressed to do something. And it was God. It was like, let, me tell you, let me tell you another story. I, and I'm trying to do this a little bit to build your faith, okay? Because I, I want you to know all, all the miracles aren't just in the Bible from 2,000 years ago. 
Let me share one with you that was, when I was, um, when I was really young uh, in ministry, this was probably about two years after, after that story I just told you. I, I, I heard about this story and I went and found it. It was in Guidepost magazines and some of, some of you will recognize the name of that. I don't even know if it's still being printed. This, it, it was an old publication. And this lady told of, of a, a coincidence. She told of an interruption. She told of a time when Jesus showed up. They lived out, and it was somewhere in the Midwest, somewhere, somewhere uh, I mean, more like the plains, like Kansas or somewhere like that. I mean, you know, and people didn't live that close together. They had really one neighbor, and, uh, you know, and they, they were just long ways away from everything. And, and the night before this miracle happened, when Jesus showed up, she goes to the pantry right before she's going to bed, and she notices, oh, no, we're out of bread. She has to make a, a sack lunch for her husband every day because... This is out in the middle of nowhere, and this was back several decades ago, so there wasn't a Jack's Hamburgers every 1.2 miles like there is around here, you know? And so if she didn't make him a lunch, he didn't eat. Okay, so she looked, there's, there's no bread, and I don't have any way to make him a lunch. He is going to go without, he's going to work all day in the, in the sun without a lunch if I can't make it. She just prayed. She said, God, I don't know what to do. I can't go to the neighbors because, God, it's so late now. And I, I've, I've woken them up so many times in the morning asking for some help. And like, this. God, I can't do it again. And she said, God, you've just got to help me. She prayed. She prayed. She asked God to help. You know what she did? She went to bed. She went to bed in full faith believing that God was going to help her. She got up the next morning. She went to the kitchen getting ready to make that lunch. She didn't know how yet. But she had faith that God was going to do something. She believed Jesus was about to show up. She goes to the kitchen sink, and she turns on the water to wash her hands, to get ready to make her husband some breakfast, and then make that lunch. And she looks out the window, and she sees cows all in her backyard. And she looks up to heaven, and she says, God, you let the cows out for me. Now, she's not going to go out and slaughter one and make her husband a lunch out of that, okay? That, that's not where this goes. Here, so, so she hurries back to the, to the bedroom. She puts on her shoes. She grabs her coat. She runs out, and she goes across the way to, to find her neighbor's house. She goes to the neighbor's house. She knocks on the door. She says, hey, I just wanted you to know your cows have gotten out, and I, I think you need to know in a hurry because you don't want any of them getting run over. They're all in my backyard. They're all up and down the road and everything, and da 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 And by the way, can I borrow some bread? Now, you know, you know what we'd have done? A lot of times, I think we'd been washing our hands. Oh, look at all those cows in our backyard. I ain't got time to worry about that. I've got to figure out what I'm going to do about this lunch. Right? But you know what? There are four things this lady did that we need, to, we need to be doing. Let me, right here they are. Invite, anticipate, acknowledge, appreciate. She invited Jesus into her situation. She said, she said I can't do this. I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? She invited Jesus into her situation. She anticipated. She got up the next morning, went to the kitchen, thinking, I'm going to make a lunch for my husband. I don't know what about what of yet. She, she uh, anticipated. Then she acknowledged, as soon as it happened, because she was anticipating it, as soon as it began to happen, she said, oh, you let the cows out for me, Jesus. You know, I, I just can't wait for some of you guys to, to come back and tell me next week or the next week, I tell you, Pastor, Jesus let the cows out for me this week. You see, that, that's my agenda today. Is I'm, I'm ready for you to quit telling me about your problems as much and you start telling me about Jesus letting the cows out for you. And she, she acknowledged it and then she appreciated it. She, she realized it, but she didn't stop it. She took time to say, thank you. You let the cows out for me today.
Now, last week, that's kind of where we ended, is with this acknowledgement and appreciation a little bit, okay? And if you think about what acknowledgement, and we're going to kind of go through these same things. We're not going to use those words. It's going to be mixed up a little bit in the last half of this message. We're going to hurry as quick as we can through these things. But four things I want to tell you to get, if you want to say, and I really hate this because sometimes people say, oh, i got to do these four things. Yeah, you do, but don't, don't look at them as like, I do these four things. And, you know, it's all wrapped up in just doing the right thing, living a Christian life. And as we look at acknowledge and appreciate, and we look at what that means, it, it, it means worship. It just means worship. And, you know, what we have done in this service so far, that's not all that worship is. That's, that's corporate worship, and that's great, and that's awesome. But we've also got to have individual worship. How much do we worship in our day? Let me show you how, how important this is um, in, in these scriptures. Look at these scriptures right here. Read with me. John, uh, Luke chapter 7, verse 7. Just say the word. This is someone speaking to Jesus. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. Someone else speaking to Jesus. John eleven twenty two. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Matthew 8, 2. Suddenly a man with leprosy approached Jesus, knelt before him. The Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Matthew 9 and 18. As Jesus was saying this, the leader of a synagogue came and knelt before Jesus. My daughter has just died, he said, but you, Jesus, can bring her back to life again if you just come and lay your hand on her. Matthew 9 and 21. This lady said... If I can just touch Jesus' robe, I will be healed. Now, do you see what's going on here? Do you see this worship that is here? This anticipation and acknowledgement and appreciation all rolled in together right here. All of it is right here. And you know what? You know what happened right after every one of these verses? Right after that first one? Uh, there was a servant that was on his deathbed and he was healed. That second one, there was a man that was raised back to life right after that statement of, uh, of, of worship was spoken right there. There was the man, it says what happened, the lepr leprosy man, uh, the leprous man, he uh, was healed of his leprosy. And the, 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 the fourth one there, this was a, a young girl who, who died and she was raised back to life. And then this was, the last one was a lady that was uh, sick for 12 years and she said, if I can just touch his garment, I, I know I'll be whole. She, these people were all speaking worship and because of their worship, that was the thing that opened the door. And so, I mean, if, if your worship ends, we're going to do one more song. If you're a first-time attender, just let you know. But if your worship ends when we've seen that last song this morning, that's not what I'm talking about. Because look, look at this. These are the, like the doors that open up to say, I, I believe you can do it. When, when this lady with the cows, that whole story is when she talked to Jesus, then she, she said, I know you can do it. So she went to sleep. She went to bed, she went to sleep, and she acknowledged and believed that. So here, here's, we, we have to be worshiping, because when we worship, we start saying how we believe. And listen, you can't really expect to receive miracles until you begin to believe in miracles. You know, you, you don't have a hope of a miracle. Now, now listen. Jesus showed up. I know, I, I can take you to scriptures. And, and Jesus showed up at places where people didn't have any faith. And he gave them a miracle anyway. But it doesn't say anything about him getting a second miracle or a third miracle. I mean, he expects some growth. He expects some connection. He expects some worship and some appreciation. So that's where we've got to go. Okay, so worship's important. Here's the second thing. I know we don't like this one, but let's go ahead and talk about it anyway. Obedience. Everybody likes obedience. Raise your hand, everybody. We don't like to obey. We like to do our own thing, right? But obedience. All right, so what is obedience? Here, here are some of the things we know that obedience is. Abstaining from sin, acting in wisdom. Did you know that, that that's being obedient to God? 
God does not want you to do stupid. Right? God gets no pleasure out of watching you do stupid. He has given you a life. And his son, Jesus Christ, came to give you life and life more abundantly, not life more stupidly. He does not want us to, so, so acting in wisdom is being obedient to God. Giving is, is being obedient. Serving is, so we could go on with a long list. But here's some other things that we don't sometimes think about in being obedient. It is ridding our heart of pride and of jealousy, of unforgiveness. And I put that ETC on there for some of you who may be thinking, you know, I probably need to get rid of this. But you know what I hear people saying more than anything, you know, these days especially? I've been a pastor for 20, over 25 years now, so I've heard a, lot, heard a lot of stuff. But you know what I'm hearing a lot more people say these days? You look at those things up there and they say, well, that's just who I am. Y'all ever heard anybody say that? You know, if I could have one sound, I've told y'all this, I think. If I could have one sound effect, I'd have a button right here. So that I could just push it, and it would be that, you know, it'd be that buzzer sound from game shows, you know, so that when people say, well, that's just who I am, I can say, wrong answer. That's who you were. But in Jesus Christ, you have a new identity. We just talked about that in our small group, our grow group this past week. You have a new identity. In Jesus Christ, you have a new life. And listen to me, the Christian life, the Christ life that you and I now have to live does not include any of those things. None of those things are traits of a Christ life. And so we can no longer, don't you say it ever again. If you're a child of God, never say again, that's just who I am. No, that's not who you are. Let me show you why this is important. Back to the book of James, right? James chapter 4, verse 3. And even when you ask, you don't get what you need because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will, what will give you pleasure. You want pride. Because of your pride, you want, you want something just to show off. Because of jealousy. You know, you, you don't like what somebody else has got. You want something. Because of uh, unforgiveness. You want something just so you can rub somebody else's nose in it or whatever. You know, because of those kinds of things, those are the things. Here, here's the point. The next, next thing right there, Bradley. All the above are interruptions and hindrances to your faith. When, when we have sin in our life, that's a hindrance to our faith. When we don't act in wisdom, when we do stupid, that's an interruption in our life. When we don't give, when we don't serve, when we have pride or jealousy or unforgiveness in our hearts, those are all interruptions in this, this path that God has for us, leading us to all the blessings and the miracles that he wants to put in our life. That's why we've got to do those things in obedience because it puts us in a place to be able to receive those miracles. Here's the third thing. is prayer. Pray. Now, when should you pray? How should you pray? What? Again, back to James chapter 4, verse 2. He says, you pray and you don't receive, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. How could God make it any more simple? That you don't have what you need because you don't ask God for it. And then he goes on verse 3 that we just read and says, and then you ask him for it, but you got wrong motives because, you know, you're mad at somebody or you're proud, proud, uh, proud and you want to just be something, trying to keep up with the Joneses or whatever next door, you know. But you just don't ask God. You don't ask God. Listen, our prayer team every Sunday stands on either side of the stage waiting for the opportunity to help somebody 
pray. You say, well, I, I talked to God about it. This. No, 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 listen. You need a miracle. You need something from God. You want something really from God. You really want God to show up. You want Jesus to show up. Then don't ask him one time and say, well, I, I, I told him. You know, I, I, I remember years ago hearing people say, well, do you think when you pray the second time for something that shows a lack of faith? <laughs> no. It shows my faith because I ain't got it yet, but I know you're the only one that can give it to me, so I'm coming back to talk to you again about it. You see, Jesus encourages us to bug him to death. Y'all agree with that? Not yet. Well, okay, some of you. Well, not yet, right? Okay, well, let me give you the scriptures right here. This is Luke chapter 18, verse 7. He is giving this example. don't know if it's a real story or something he made up just for the example. But he's talking about this unjust judge who uh, a lady just keeps coming back and says, I want something, I want something, I got to have this, I got to have, you got to help me, I got to have some justice, I got to have some justice. And, uh, and, and it's finally he gives it to him, he gives it to her just to get her off his back. And, and Jesus says, so don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? What's the picture here? It's not to throw it out at God one time and forget it. But if you can need something from God, go and go and go. Pray and pray and pray and say, hey, I'm reminding you, Jesus. You know, I don't see it yet, but I'm keeping my eyes out the window in case you got the cows out there for me, right? But I don't see them yet. So, and you keep on telling him. And then Jesus specifically says in Matthew 7, 7, you've heard this one, right? Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. It's not a one-time thing, man. If you need something today, today's... I believe, I am praying, I am asking God for today to be somebody's day to receive their miracle. Maybe to, maybe to see the cows and realize, hey, it's about to happen. I may still have to walk across the street. I may still have to make a sandwich, but I see the cows and it's about to happen. I'm praying that's, that's somebody's day right here, right now. But you've got to be willing to pray the prayer. Here's the last one, okay? Four things. last one is faith. Have faith. It's either the easiest or the toughest thing to do is have faith, isn't it? Because have faith just means believe something, you know? Pretty simple to believe something, right? Unless you've got a lot of doubts, then it's the hardest thing to do, right? So it could be easy or it could be difficult. So I don't want to say it's the most simple thing to do, but man, think about it. All I've got to do is have faith. How did you become a Christian? If you're a Christian, how did you become a Christian? Did you go to the cross? Did you die? Did you, did you get perfect? And all of a sudden, God said, hey, you're perfect now. You can be a Christian. No, just by faith. It's so simple, yet it's so hard. So four things we do for our faith. First one, believe God has a plan. You have to believe that God has a plan to have faith. If you don't believe God has a plan, then you ain't got anything to hang it on. You know, I, I think a lot of times about, I actually sit around and think a lot of times, and I think a lot of times about like math. I, I've got a math mind. You know, what? something that occurred to me one day, and I've used this as an example before in other places and other times, but you know what? It, two plus two equals, all right, is, is two plus two four over here? Yeah, is two plus two four over here? Okay, yeah. Um, and so it's two, two plus two is four in New York, and in Los Angeles at the South Pole. Two plus two is four in Kiev this morning and in Moscow this morning. Two plus two is four regardless of whether we 
spring forward or fall back or we stop doing all that. Two plus two is four, whether I'm alive or after I'm dead. It has always been that way. Two plus two is always four. And I, I, know, I know some people say that, you know, maybe those that don't really believe in God and creation and all that. But when I look at stuff like that, I say, that didn't happen by accident. You know, th- those kinds of things don't just happen. By, I, mean, I mean, it's like, you know, what, have you ever seen a crew working, and we've had crews working around here, and maybe somebody is up on a ladder, and they, they've got a, a, a measuring tape, you know, and, and so they measure and say, hey, I need this next board cut, and they, they yell out a number, you know, and the guy doesn't have to take his tape down to the, and say, I need it this long. That guy's got a tape, and he holds it, and what, what is it? It's the same. It's, it, how can it be the same? It's always the same. I mean, that's, that's just faith, isn't it? You know, it's, it's like when you drive your car, you have faith, right? And we all have faith when you're driving your car too. That when you push that big wide pedal in the middle, we have faith, what? It's gonna start. You, don't, you don't even think about it. You just have constant, complete faith, confident faith that, that that car is going to start slowing down when you touch that pedal in the middle. You know, or, or like this, you know, these musicians up here. If you're a musician, you know, it's like an E, the note, an E, a note that is E. It's always an E, you know. Now, I know we can get guitars out of tune of that thing, but when they're tuned, the E is the E. You know, uh, it's, and it's, it's like if you play that song here, you play the same chord as you do if you rehearse somewhere else. You play that same chord. If, if you start with a note, say you start with an E, you skip three half steps, and you hit that next note together with the first one, and then you skip two half steps, and you hit that third note. You know what you've got? You've got a major chord. It doesn't matter where you started, anywhere on your guitar or anywhere on the keyboard. It doesn't matter where you started. It is always that way. Or if you skip two the first time and then skip three, you've got a minor chord. Or if you skip two, and then you skip two more, and then you skip two more, and you skip two more, you start at E, you end up back at the next D, and that E is the same as this. I know it's an octave, but it's, it's the same note. It's just an octave apart, and it actually goes all the way up the keyboard that way. And it's like, wait a minute. How did all this order happen? Because God has a plan. And in all of this is happening, he has a plan so that we can connect and, and we can be involved with one another and we can have communion with one another and all these things that he wants to accomplish can happen and the world can accomplish and happen and keep rolling because God is a God of God has a plan. Man, I didn't mean to spend that much time with that one, but get that. God has a plan. For whatever's going wrong in your life, he has a plan. Here's the second one. Stir up your faith. Stir up your faith. You, you, you are in charge of stirring up. I am not in charge of stirring up your faith. So when COVID hits and you sit home and you don't come to church and you don't watch it, watch it or you don't find someone, to, that's, not on, that's not on me or anybody else. You are in charge of that. You have to stir up your faith. You know how to do that. You know how to do it. Think about it. It's, it's baseball season. Some of y'all are stirring up your faith, aren't you? Yeah? It's uh, spring football it's coming to an end. A-day games are happening in the state of Alabama. I don't know what UAB calls theirs, if theirs is a U or whatever. But, but A-day games, spring games are happening. And when people are talking, the uh, uh, pro football draft is about to happen, and, and people are talking, and, and, and we're, you know, we're, we're digging in, and we're thinking about those things. We're getting, getting our passion stirred up and our faith stirred up. I'm going to say this, because let's wrap it up real quick, okay, and i got to hurry. Some of us, exhibit more faith in Nick Saban than we do in Jesus Christ. 
because we, fully, we are fully confident he is going to give us a winning season this year. Is there an Alabama fan in this house that believes there's going to be a losing season this year? We exhibit more faith in a football team sometimes than we do in Jesus Christ. Why don't we have the same stir up of our passions and of our faith? Oh, I've got to hurry. i got two more to say. I can bring me that extra rally. Oh, yeah, connect with people of faith. You've been listening to too many of the wrong people. And I tell you that because I hear what you say, and I said, no, eh, that's wrong. No. You need to be connecting with people of faith. I'm going to give you this one more time. At the end of this service, there are going to be people standing over here and over here that are people of faith, and you need to connect with them for your need, for your miracle, because they, have, they are not up here. They're like the guitarist who believes if I do this and do this, I'm getting an E. You know, and these people believe if I pray, then the Word of God says where two agree concerning anything, it will be done of my Father in heaven. That's what these people believe. You need to connect with people of faith. And the last one is don't focus, don't dwell on your doubt. Because doubt is basically a temptation to disbelieve Jesus. So when doubt starts coming, what do you do when you get a temptation to do something wrong? You say, I ain't going to do that. When you get a doubt, do the same thing. That's just a temptation, maybe not to sin, sin, but to just disbelieve Jesus. Don't dwell on your doubt. Don't dwell on your doubt, but believe God has a plan. Stir up your faith and connect with people of faith. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.